0: Hi, and welcome to The Hormonal Mama. I am your host, Cara Drescher. Today, we are talking about pregnancy and hormones and how these pregnancy hormones affect the skin and what you can do to take care of your skin and keep it as healthy as possible during all of these hormonal changes. Before we jump in and talk about all of these different hormones and how the skin's affected by the hormones, I want to talk a little bit just about pregnancy, just to kind of get a base um, for our knowledge here before we jump in so deeply. Pregnancy is complicated, plain and simply. It is complicated. The woman's body is changing every single day right? A pregnant woman is having changes that she's not necessarily aware of or that she can see or feel. But little tiny changes, especially in the beginning of the pregnancy, have such an effect. It's complicated. Her body is growing another person inside of it. That's a big complication. That's a big change. But like I said, there are all these little changes happening as well inside the body. But... But this is the part that we're focusing on today. When you add in the changes that are happening to the exterior of the body, which is the skin, it adds a whole mess of complications that can be very stressful. So to kind of start us off, I want to lead in by talking about... The mask of pregnancy, if you've heard of the mask of pregnancy or the pregnancy mask, if you haven't heard of this, it is a common skin condition that is known as melasma, which occurs during pregnancy. I'll talk about it more in a few minutes. But I just want to use this as an example of a very common skin change that can occur during pregnancy. And I'll talk about some others and we will go into more detail, but I'm using it as my example because melasma is common. Melasma is something that a lot of people maybe haven't heard of, but they've heard of the pregnancy mask, not knowing that these are the same thing. So, I'm going to be talking about melasma, but I'll be talking about some other changes as well. And I think that understanding all of these different changes and understanding which hormones are involved is really important when it comes to taking care of your skin and doing the things that are most important to keep your skin healthy and clear because some of these things you can't avoid. Some of these skin issues, because of the hormonal changes, you're not going to be able to prevent them from happening, but you can help treat them by taking care of your skin properly, which I will also talk about. So before I go any further, let's talk about some of the more common changes that occur during pregnancy due to hormones. I'm going to talk specifically about skin issues. I've got or that I really want to focus on because they're the most common um, and, well, they're, they're interesting and there's a lot that you can do to help your skin. So first and foremost, let's talk about melasma. Melasma, which is also known as cloasma, is a common skin condition that only occurs during pregnancy. Melasma causes darkened patches of skin on the face. It is often called the mask of pregnancy, like I said a minute ago, or the pregnancy mask because of its mask like appearance on the face melasma is specific to the face this doesn't occur anywhere else on the skin we will talk about other um, skin color changes but melasma is a very specific condition that occurs on the face it's not harmful it is not i mean it i was going to say it's not permanent but it does depend on the person for some women this is a permanent condition that can be lightened. Other women, it goes away on their own. It really all depends on the person, as is the case with most things related to pregnancy. Everybody is different. Everybody's skin is different. Every person is different. Pregnancy affects people differently. You might sometimes see someone whose skin looks beautiful and amazing, and another person at the exact same point in their pregnancy Everything else is exactly the same and their skin is broken out and having all kinds of issues. So I just want to mention that regardless of all of these issues, everyone's body is different. Hormones affect people differently these are just common issues that do occur. It doesn't mean it'll occur for you. It doesn't mean it won't occur for you. But I just always feel like it's important to mention that because pregnancy is complicated enough and comparing yourself to others is never a good thing. So back to melasma. So melasma or cloasma, it is very common and if you're dealing with it, there are things you can do to help it, which I will get back to in a few minutes. Uh, next on my list is probably the most common pregnancy complication, which is acne. So acne or breakouts is is very very common during pregnancy. And this is directly related to hormonal changes. It is so common. You know, we everybody knows acne acne, not acne. That's a supermarket. We're not talking about supermarkets. We're talking about acne. And you know, if you've never dealt with acne, boy, are you lucky. Acne is, I'd say, probably the most common skin issue in adolescents, people going through puberty. Acne is so common because there's so many hormonal changes happening in boys and girls. Now, we're focusing on women today because we're talking about pregnancy. But I just I, I like to compare the hormonal changes during pregnancy to the hormonal changes during puberty or adolescence because even though it's happening for different reasons and some of the same reasons, these changes have some similar effects on the skin. So... Acne during pregnancy is more common than you think. It is frustrating to have these breakouts, especially for someone who's never had breakouts before. It's kind of like, well, where did this come from? But it's just as maybe even more frustrating for someone who let's say has dealt with breakouts or went through their teenage years dealing with breakouts all the time. And then it cleared up and it was wonderful for however long. And now they're pregnant and dealing with acne all over again. It can be extremely frustrating, but I promise you there are some things that you can do to help. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about hyperpigmentation. Now hyperpigmentation is similar to melasma. Um, But hyperpigmentation specifically um, is going to cause darkening of skin that was already darkened. So what do I mean by that? Well, I'm talking specifically things like freckles, scars, other skin discolorations that you might already have, sunspots, things like that. The hormonal changes during pregnancy are going to cause darkening of these already darkened Areas. This is where it differs from melasma. Melasma is darkening of skin that didn't have any darkening before. So if your skin was, you know, the same tone throughout and then you all of a sudden have these dark spots, that's melasma. Whereas if you have... I don't know. Let's talk about freckles. Let's say you have a freckle or a couple of freckles or moles or something like that on your shoulder or on your chest or on your hand. And then throughout pregnancy, these freckles get darker. That's hyperpigmentation. So hopefully you can kind of see the difference between these two skin conditions a little bit. Um, While there, again, are many, many other skin conditions, these are the three most common My fourth skin condition is much more rare. This is an uncommon condition, which is technically not a skin condition. However, the symptoms affect the skin. So cholestasis is a liver condition which occurs during some pregnancies. This is a condition, like I said, with the liver. And one of the symptoms is severe, severe itching of the skin. Now... It's not always severe. This depends person to person. For some people, it's just going to be mild itching. But for a lot of women, cholestasis causes severe, severe itching. So like I said, it is uncommon. It's around one in 1,000 pregnancies, which is not a lot. However, that's still You know, plenty of people. (laughs) That's plenty of pregnancies to have this happen to. So this liver condition is going to cause the the liver to not process bile properly, and it leaks out into the bloodstream. This reaction, if you will, this chemical reaction between bile and blood is going to cause this severe itching in the skin. Now, like I said, this isn't technically a skin condition, but because the symptoms affect the skin, I feel like it's important to include it on this list because while you do need to see a doctor for this condition, because this is an internal um, organ problem, there are things that you can do to help soothe your skin. So I wanted to mention that one again as just something to to take note of that skin conditions and skin issues don't always go hand in hand, but sometimes they do. So the four that I mentioned were melasma, acne, hyperpigmentation, and cholestasis. Let's talk hormones, and pregnancy. There are a number of very important hormones in pregnancy, but there are three that I want to focus on. And these three really affect the skin in a very interesting way. So the very first hormone that I would like to talk about is HCG, which is the pregnancy hormone. This is human chorionic gonadotropin. It is the main pregnancy hormone Hormone. This is the hormone that is picked up by pregnancy tests, both at-home tests and blood tests. So that's important to understand is that this hormone is released in such large quantities or not released, but created in such large quantities that it can be picked up in both urine and blood. Very important. HCG levels are at their highest during the first trimester and as a side note, are the likely cause of morning sickness. That's a different story and a different conversation for another day. But I think it's really an interesting thing to to note. HCG is released in such dramatic amounts that it starts off low and very quickly within like I'm talking like a day or two of implantation, skyrockets, okay? It is produced predominantly by the placenta, right? The placenta starts to develop at the very beginning of pregnancy. Rapidly rising levels of HCG can be responsible for acne in early pregnancies. But, but, I like to mention that this rise in HCG can also cause the opposite. Instead of acne and breakouts, this can cause that glow, right? You've ever heard of the pregnancy glow? Oh, her skin is glowing. She must be pregnant, that type of thing. That is usually caused by HCG. So this is an interesting dichotomy here, knowing that on one side, you have people who are dealing with acne and breakouts and skin problems, oily skin, all this stuff. And then the other people who are walking around looking like they're glowing and everything is perfect, their skin is so clear. It is one of these things that I always want to emphasize. Yes, it is not fair. It is not fair that some people deal with the, you know, the crappy end of it and other people deal with the wonderful end of it. But this is one of the things about pregnancy where everybody is different. Everybody is different. Every pregnancy is different. Keep that in mind. If you are pregnant right now and you're dealing with acne, Keep in mind, if you have a second pregnancy, you might deal with glowing skin. You might have the opposite. You might have had your first pregnancy, your skin was glowing, and now all of a sudden you're on your second or third pregnancy or something, and your skin is now breaking out. Or you could have glowing skin during every pregnancy or acne during every pregnancy. The most important thing to understand here that I'm getting at is that pregnancy affects everybody differently, okay? So... The increase in HCG, the reason why it can cause these two very different effects is because the increase is causing oily skin. Oily skin, depending on the person, can either cause acne or the glow. Usually, the reason for this, if your skin is already oily and then you have this excess production of oil, you might then deal with acne. However... If prior to pregnancy you had dry skin and now all of a sudden you have this influx of hormones that are causing a rise in oil production, your skin might glow because your skin isn't usually dealing with oil. So you usually deal with dry, patchy skin, and now all of a sudden you have a proper amount of oil and your skin's glowing. That's not always the case, but that's a very common situation. So that's HCG in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it. It is a complicated hormone. It is fascinating to learn about, but in terms of skin, that's what I've got for you with HCG. Now, when we move on to progesterone, progesterone, similarly to HCG, is produced in large amounts in early pregnancy. But the difference is that throughout pregnancy, progesterone production gets higher and higher and higher. Whereas with HCG, it's produced in its highest amount in the first trimester, and then it sort of tapers down and levels off. It's very, very interesting. If you go to my website, particularly this blog post that co- uh, coordinates or coincides with this podcast episode, I have a chart of all of these hormones, and it's really interesting to see all of the hormones on a chart and how they look you know, going up and down. It's like a roller coaster ride. So moving on. Progesterone's job, its main function is to maintain the uterine lining to keep it thick enough for embryo implantation. Okay. So progesterone is, you know, unlike HCG, which is only produced during pregnancy, progesterone is produced throughout the cycle, but in extremely higher amounts during pregnancy. So in early pregnancy, its job is to maintain that uterine lining, make sure it's thick enough for that embryo to implant. Once pregnancy occurs, it continues to be produced to maintain the thickness of the uterus and support the growth of the embryo while the placenta is growing and being established. So its job is to support the embryo while the placenta is developing. So if you think of the placenta as, you know, not think of it, the fact is it's an organ and its job is to nourish the fetus or embryo. However, prior to it being um, established, progesterone takes over that job of nourishing the, the embryo and making sure that it's growing. So It is produced by the ovaries prior to pregnancy and then by the placenta during pregnancy. So even though the placenta is still being established in early pregnancy, it is still being um, produced. Okay, hopefully that makes some sense. Now, on to skin. (laughs) When progesterone is produced in high amounts, it can cause acne and breakouts. Like HCG, it isn't always going to cause breakouts. But it is fairly common for the huge influx of progesterone to cause this type of skin change. So as with everything, I'm going to keep reminding you. It's probably annoying, but I'm going to do it anyway. Everybody's skin is different. Progesterone, it's probably not going to cause the glow like HCG is going to, but it might not cause breakouts. It might not do anything for your skin, but it is very, very common for it to cause breakouts. One of the most common causes of breakouts in pregnancy. Lastly, I want to focus on estrogen. Again, there are plenty of other hormones that are important in pregnancy, but these are the three that affect the skin the most. So estrogen is initially produced by the ovaries, but as pregnancy occurs, it begins production within the placenta. Okay, this is to me, it's interesting that the placenta suddenly takes over and starts producing these hormones. So similarly to progesterone, estrogen also contributes to the uterine uterine lining thickness. That is part of its job. It also helps with uterine growth. Well, what's the difference? Well, the, the uterine lining is the interior surface of the uterus where the baby or embryo or fetus has implanted and is growing. When I talk about uterine growth, I'm talking about the uterus. Let me give you an example here. Let's think of a balloon. So if you blow up a balloon inside the balloon where all of the air is that you've blown into, that is in my analogy here, that is the lining of the uterus. Okay, That's the endometrial layer. That's the inside of the uterus. Needs to be Thick enough, a certain number of millimeters thick enough in order for an embryo to be able to implant. On the outer surface, I'm not going to talk about the anatomy here, but on the outer surface, that is what I'm talking about when I talk about growth. I'm talking about the whole uterus expanding and making sure that it's big enough to support this growing baby. Its other job, aside from uh, helping to grow the lining of the uterus and keep it thick and growing the uterus its other job is to trigger the development of the fetus's organs swelling now this is where we get to skin and this part's interesting i think swelling in the mucous membranes throughout the, bar- the body throughout the body is largely thanks to estrogen production during pregnancy this swelling is due to extra blood flow to the skin, and the excess in blood flow can cause red, itchy skin. So if you're dealing with pregnancy, you know anyone dealing with pregnancy, and they're swollen. So this swelling happens everywhere. When I was pregnant, my nose was about twice as big as it usually is. That's where the primary source of my swelling was, my nose and my feet. This is because of estrogen. Estrogen. It's swelling all these mucous membranes and causing extra, well, it's not, yeah, I mean, extra blood flow to the skin. Now, my skin on my face was itchy. The rest of my body was okay. But my skin was very red and very itchy. Thank you, estrogen. That's how I feel about it. Thanks a lot. Making me itchy and red. Now, the other interesting, I think, interesting thing here is how estrogen and progesterone work together to cause skin issues. Well, what do I mean? Well, melasma. We're going to talk about melasma again. Melasma is caused by the combination of very high levels of estrogen and progesterone. These hormones in very high levels are going to cause an increase in melanin. What's melanin? Melanin is the pigment in your skin. Melanin causes your skin to have color. Okay. So, The combination of high levels of estrogen, progesterone, that is what's behind melasma and hyperpigmentation. How about that? I think that is just really, really interesting. It's just a very interesting fact. Now, the question becomes, what can you do for your skin to help with all of these issues. Well, the first thing, there are really two things that you can do to care for your skin. Number one, if you don't have a skincare routine regimen in or regimen in place, get on that. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Secondly, avoid certain ingredients. And I'll get to that in a minute too. First, the most important thing that you can do is to have a regular daily routine, morning and evening. Basic routine is going to consist of cleansing, toning, and moisturizing. Plain and simple. But if you want to give your skin the best health possible, I recommend adding a little bit more into your routine. And this is broken down into, you know, a few sections. A more complicated but easy routine, there are two. There's morning and evening. And then we're going to talk about two to three times per week you're going to add in a, a couple of special Um, things that you can do. Number one, morning. I recommend using an oil cleanser and then a regular cleanser like a foaming cleanser or cream cleanser or whatever cleanser that you use. You don't have to use both. You can use one or the other. But if you want to do a double cleanse to really get your skin as healthy as possible, I recommend doing an oil cleanser first, then a regular cleanser, then toner, then a serum, then moisturizer, and you're done. Should only take about five minutes. Evening routine is very, very similar. It's cleanser, toner, serum, night cream, and facial oil. So if you're going to use, if you're going to do the double cleanse and use an oil cleanser and a regular cleanser, I recommend only doing that once a day. You don't want to overload your skin with oil. In the evening, instead of the oil cleanser, you're going to use a facial oil at the end because you're going to be going to bed. You've had all day for your skin to be exposed to the environment and anything else, putting a facial oil on before you go to bed is going to help really penetrate all of those wonderful oils into your skin. Now, the next thing that you're going to want to do is two to three times per week, but only once on those days that you choose, you're going to add in an exfoliant and a mask. That's I think one of the most important things that you can do for your skin. the Exfoliant is going to just get rid of all those dead skin cells that are sitting on the top of your skin that, you know, you don't need that make your skin dull. (laughs) Get rid of those and a mask. What's a mask going to do? It's going to penetrate deeply into your pores to give your skin all of the wonderful nutrients that it needs. Those are the only two things that I would add in. But again, you only want to do this once a day and only two to three times per week. You don't want to exfoliate every single day. There are some exfoliants that are safe for everyday use, and that's great. But during pregnancy, your skin is already really sensitive, so I don't recommend that. I recommend two to three times per week, a gentle exfoliant. That simple. Same with the mask. You only want to do this two to three times per week. Now, moving on to the ingredients to avoid. Now that you've got a good routine, you need to make sure that you're looking at your products and staying away from certain products, that, uh, not products, ingredients that are not safe for pregnancy. And this is my list. Any of the products or ingredients, I keep saying products, any of the ingredients on this list are not necessarily going to harm your skin. Some of them could, but pregnancy is complicated. You have to worry about yourself and you have to worry about another person growing inside of you or people. Like in my case, I had twins. You have to worry about this. This is important. Some of these products are potential um, health hazards that could cause birth defects, but a lot of them aren't going to cause birth defects, but your skin's already going to be super sensitive from pregnancy. So some of these products can cause skin irritations, rashes, thinning of the skin, things like that. So, Without further ado, list of ingredients to avoid. Retinoids, salicylic acid, though I should note it may be safe in small amounts. I, however, as a licensed esthetician, don't recommend salicylic acid during pregnancy. Hydroquinone, phthalates, formaldehyde, oxybenzone, avobenzone, Glycolic acid, which also could be safe in small amounts, but I also don't recommend it at all in pregnancy, and benzoyl peroxide. These are the main important ingredients to avoid in pregnancy. I'm going to go through them one more time so that you don't miss anything. The ingredients to avoid during pregnancy are retinoids, that would be anything like Retin A or Accutane, salicylic acid, like in any peel hydroquinone, phthalates, formaldehyde, oxybenzone, and avobenzone, which are both chemical sunscreen uh, ingredients. Stay away from those. Glycolic acid and benzoyl peroxide. So to sum it all up, Pregnancy causes many, many changes to the skin because of the rises and drops in hormones. Taking care of your skin properly can help keep at least some of these issues at bay. Now, at the very least, taking care of your skin regularly can help clear up acne and other concerns that may pop up. I hope that this was so beneficial to you. I hope that you get a good skincare routine going if you don't already have one. If you stay tuned for my next episode, I'm going to be talking about the postpartum period and the hormonal changes that come along with that and the skin changes that come along with that. So stay tuned. I'm looking forward to it.